0: And for more, we join on the line now by Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Now, Narina, the volatility in global markets continued unabated last week and there was a very little uh, spring cheer on the local front, at least early in the week. But Wednesday and Thursday, things did seem to recover very well, one might say, only to end the week on a very negative note. Now, what role did China play in the market's performance last week and what is the outlook for this week?
1: You know, Sakina, there was a bit of a joke doing the rounds in the market last week when we had the bounce on Wednesday and Thursday to say, um, you know, this, this uh, decline in the fall in the bear market couldn't have lasted because it was made in China. <laughs> but uh, I think that was a little bit unfair. Uh, China was actually closed for a two-day public holiday on Thursday and Friday celebrating 70 years since the end of World War II, Um, and with China being out of of action, I think that certainly allowed the rest of the market to sort of try and find its way, and and then on Friday, certainly the jobs report in the U.S. did cause a lot of concern, still lots of uncertainty around the the imminent rate hike in the the U.S., Um, and yes, we did end the, the week on quite a negative note. I think another reason for that decline also was because the U.S. has a public holiday today it's labor day weekend um in the in the us and i think there was some position squaring on books on friday it ahead of the, of the long weekend. Um, one of the interesting things is the impact of these public holidays on uh, just levels or volume of trading in markets, both with China last week, but more particularly with America today. And when you have relatively low volume or, or low turnover in markets, that often leads to um, increased volatility. It's just as though moves both to the up and to the downside tends to be a bit exaggerated. So I think this lack of direction on, on global markets will continue to lead to, to volatility. Um, as you reported, you know Asian markets trading mixed this morning, and I think we will have a lot of opposing views and opposing forces in markets this week. Um, so I expect the one thing that we, that we do know is that the volatility will be continuing for a while at least.
0: And uh, speaking of which, that volatility and uh, obviously led to a very weak August month. Now, it would seem as though the market is starting to look at the longer term implications of that slowdown in China and Arena. Now, what is the outlook for the embattled emerging market currencies? We spoke about that at length last week, but in particular, the Rand, uh, what is the outlook?
1: We're fully aware of the fact that uh, that the makeup of the Chinese economy is changing, and I think countries like South Africa and Australia and Russia, to some extent also, who've really relied on on commodity exports to China for their own economic growth, I think are the ones that are most affected, and that's why we see the emerging market currencies being so weak. I think there is more of a of a um, almost an understanding starting to to filter through that this might be a much longer term cycle. It's not just a shorter-term uh, sort of route right in, in global emerging markets. And I think in particular for the RAND also, um, a, a lot of its, of its longer-term path will depend on what does the economy internally and domestically do with this weaker currency. It does provide opportunities, I think, in, in um, areas of our market outside of the mining industry, which also, of course, is affected by the weakness in commodity prices. So I really would like to, to, to see that um, these these uh, that entrepreneurs make use of these new opportunities that the rand has given us. Think of industries such as tourism, which really is a is a great source also of, of employment growth for South Africa. Um, services, the services industry, uh, we can certainly take a leaf out of India's book and look at the esteem to which they are using um, local services to service the rest of the world. And I think we do see some of this in the South African economy, but I do think there's opportunity for a lot more. Another one that I think has also been very interesting in recent years is, is the entertainment industry, um, and we know that the Department of Trade and Industry has um, invested a lot of money, for example, in the local movie industry, and it's certainly paying off both in terms of job growth, but also in terms of almost a form of an export market that we've created. So I, I do think that the Rand is longer term still on the back foot and on a, on a depreciated. Path, But I do think it creates opportunities that we need to exploit um, whilst the currency is in a weaker state.
0: And also uh, further implications, arena because a few weeks ago we spoke about the establishment of the BRICS Development Bank. Now, do you think that the events of the last few weeks will affect the plans around this?
1: I think there's been some concerns that maybe, the, the um, especially the extent to which the Chinese authorities have intervened in their markets, both their currency market as well as the capital and equity markets, <clears throat> there were some concerns that maybe this might delay the implementation of the BRICS Development Bank or maybe um, change China's commitment to it. I think those views are, are, are unnecessary and certainly premature. Um, you know, we must bear in mind that China has got incredible depth of reserves and the, the $10 dollars that they sort of have to contribute towards the establishment of the bank is, is, is a re, a merely a drop in the ocean for them. Um, I also think that China acknowledges that although it is not importing um, commodities to the same extent from South Africa and from Russia and from its partners in the um, in the BRICS bank what they do know is that those markets remain very important export markets for China so it's important for them to continue having a good relationship with their partners in the in the BRICS compound i think that uh, Russia and Brazil and South Africa are the ones that are somewhat on the back foot in terms of this China and India fortunately being the biggest economies in this grouping continue to lead the way and i do think that they will be Um, renewed focus on the BRICS Development Bank and in particular the role that it can play in in Africa. So certainly something positive for us to look out for over the medium term.
0: And boy do we need that. Anyway we're going to park that there for now. Narina Fisser, Strategist at ETFSA back with us again tomorrow morning.